0: Well, it's been a little while, folks, but welcome in and welcome back to the Ethos Lakers podcast, guys. Ethan is here with you on a solo ride this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whatever time of day, wherever it is that you are listening to, these smooth tones of e-money is where I'm coming at you from. And I know it's been a little while, so we got to do a little catch up on the Ethos Lakers podcast, but all good things come in time to those who exercise their patience and I come to you live and out of control from where the NBA and MBPA have just agreed to modified COVID-19 protocols as we enter the holiday season and those very, very important cha-ching Christmas Day games for the NBA. And obviously, if you've been under a rock, you have no idea what's going on. But in the event that you have not been... And you follow even tangentially what is happening in our sport, as well as the NFL. There has been a resurgence of COVID cases in both leagues. And obviously, the matter of the NBA is such where there have been teams that have actually had games postponed at this point. And the Lakers may find themselves on that list if they can't get things under control. But really, the news of the day, ladies and gentlemen, is that Isaiah Thomas, and obviously connected to this, but Isaiah Thomas is back with the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, that Isaiah Thomas on a 10 day contract on a hardship exception. Because after we've learned that Malik Monk, who has since tested out of COVID protocols and is back with the team, in case your head is spinning, but since we first learned, that Taylor Horton Tucker, Malik Monk, and Dwight Howard were placed in the COVID protocols. We then learned that Russell Westbrook and Avery Bradley were also going to be placed in the health and safety protocols. Now, as mentioned, since Monk has tested out, but the grand irony in these health and safety protocols being promoted, while the league just continues on, business as usual is all about that dollar dollar bill, yo. And there is no ifs, ands, or buts around it. So as we sit here, in my case this evening, looking at where the Lakers stand now, 16 and 13 going into this weekend's action have actually strung together three straight wins in a row. It's been a while since I could say that. It may have been the whole damn season since we could have said that, to be quite honest. Actually, Lakers did have one three-game win streak prior to their current one the entire season. One three-game win streak that spanned from October 29th to November 2nd. And it was so long ago, and that is why I cannot remember it. Because there is so much that has happened between now and then. Now, Lakers are coming off of three straight wins, guys. Three straight. It's been great. Against an OKC team that they should have absolutely torpedoed. Against an Orlando team where, shock, I know, they made it harder than they had to. And then against the Dallas team where it really should have been cake without Luka Doncic in the lineup. And instead, it was thank God for Austin Reeves on a team that has LeBron, AD, and Westbrook. I mean, that narrative of where would this team without be, be without Austin Reeves? Where would this team be without Carmelo Anthony? Just wait until Trevor Ariza, the savior of this team, comes back. It is really something. And it is utterly exhausting, to be honest with you. Nonetheless, Austin Reeves played hero in a game at Dallas, 107-104, overtime victory to give the Lakers their third straight win. I mean, what a moment for him, obviously. And the memes that are comparing Caruso to Reeves are both rich in content and rich in quantity at this point. But nonetheless, it is clear that Austin Reeves is going to play an important role on this team. I mean, f- for crying out loud, Wayne Ellington played 38 minutes in that win. So if there's 38 minutes available for Wayne Ellington, no wonder the Lakers can't get- wait to get Trevor Ariza or Kendrick Nunn back into the lineup. Of course, obviously, Lakers are impacted by COVID protocols at this time, as I just said. So the rotations are not perfect. But in December, a month in which the Lakers have at least started 4-2. and two. Now, I, I really emphasize the word started because as we have seen throughout the course of the season and really throughout the course of any given game, the Lakers can do just incredible things. But with games against Minnesota and then a game against a Bulls team that has been hit hard by COVID, these are winnable games that the Lakers have in front of them. So it is my hope that the Lakers can enter that Christmas Day game with some true momentum to their season for the first time, because that game against Brooklyn will be a big one. And while Brooklyn is hit hard by COVID protocols right now, including James Harden, we will see where they stand almost two weeks away. So it sure sounds like the COVID protocols are going to get tighter as the season continues to progress, and I think that's going to be true for all of us, no matter what we do. As the winter progresses, people get together for the holiday season, travel is up, vaccinated people, although um, typically a lot more cautious about their activities as it relates to COVID, can still be carriers, of course, as we've seen. Now, that is not to sit here and tell you that you should or should not get vaccinated. But all I can tell you is that I have had all three so far. So I think that pretty much says where I'm at on it. But that's not what we're here to do. We're here to talk about the Lakers and specifically in December, because I was just crunching the numbers before coming on to start recording and really sharing my thoughts with all of you. And I said, I feel like we've seen a bit of a shift here. And sure enough. The numbers support what my eyes have seen. Now, in December, LeBron has arguably had his best month of the season. In fact, I don't know how you can argue it. With the exception of how many points per game he's scoring, he is raking it in at season highs across the board better than 54% from the field, almost 40% from the three-point line, almost 80% from the foul line, still averaging 27-7-7, seven seven while better than a steal and a block on defense. I mean, he's been, he's talked about feeling healthier, and he is producing like he is healthier. So that's been nice to see. LeBron continues to look human, don't get me wrong, and I've talked about that on this show earlier this year, and this is the first year in which we can really say he looks human for a variety of reasons. That doesn't mean he's still incapable. That doesn't mean you should doubt him. That does not mean he's some guy who is not capable of being the best player on his team on any given night and and really on most nights. So don't get it twisted. But LeBron has looked more like himself, shall we say. Anthony Davis has not. And while AD's percentage in terms of his field goal efficiency is more or less the same, he continues to be completely, completely unable to shoot the three-point shot, which I don't know if it's something with his legs and his knees that he's tired or he's gimpy or whatever it is, but it's just like he forgot how to shoot three-pointers and it's got to be all up in his head at this point. He's been active on the glass. He's taken a little bit of a step back defensively in terms of uh, his you know, average steals, average blocks, things like that. And his scoring is a little bit down. So he's taken a bit of a step back. But really, one of the things that's been working for this team in terms of its overall ability to work as a team is that Russell Westbrook has not just tried to go out there and do all of the things all of the time. So in December, and I really stress this because to me, it's been Westbrook's best play as a Laker. But his numbers are not robust. But he's 48% from the field, including over 40% from the three-point line, which is huge for Russ. He still, for whatever reason, struggles at the free-throw line. And he's only averaging 15.5 points per game. This is the beauty of it. That's all he needs to do. He doesn't need to score in buckets for this team. But he's been active on the glass. He's been active passing the ball. He's for... By his standards, at least this season, he's done a better job of limiting his turnovers. I mean, I really think that even though he's still averaging 36 minutes per game, the playing time's been consistent. He's also shooting less, which is great. I, I said at the time that he was acquired, and I said it the entire way, just like a lot of us. And I said, look, of course, Russ is an imperfect fit on his team. The talent is great. The talent is... Is is a net is a is a positive to the team in terms of just the talent, but the fit was always going to be a, a question mark, and we've seen that play out. But now I believe, I hope, what he's realizing is that he doesn't have to be that version of Russell Westbrook for this team. Because I said I don't want to see him just sit here and jack up shots. I don't want to see him take bad shots, and that's for a while is what he had been doing. So it's been nice not to see that. I hope that that continues. And as the Lakers continue to grow as a team, we know Austin Reeves will be a part of it. We know Carmelo Anthony will be a part of it. I'm curious to see what roles Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Ariza carve out. Because I think a lot of us thought that Kendrick Nunn was just going to be, oh, okay, we signed Kendrick Nunn. And wow, we didn't expect that. I think the Lakers have bigger aspirations for him. The you know, Lakers might even see Kendrick Nunn as a potential starter on this team. But this is, you know, this, this this mystery bone bruise injury. I mean, we're at a point now where we're talking about Kendrick Nunn missing half the season. So I'd like to know what exactly is going on here. Alright, so hey guys, we have a brand new Daily Fantasy partner at Sports Ethos. And if you thought the reads were gone, don't worry, they're back. Thrive Fantasy. Prop up, and I said prop up, with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at the ThriveFantasy.com. Use our code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. That's right, free stuff and free money. Pick your player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. It's that simple. Check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. So we got a whole host of shows here on the Ethos Network. On the Sports Ethos Network, we're everywhere. So at this point, you can follow us. Of course, if you're not already, please take a moment to follow us at Ethos Lakers. All right? But not just us. All right? To also take a moment to follow Ethos Fantasy BK. That's right. Like Fantasy Basketball. Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. The single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis. Again, Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Hit that follow button now. Guys, I'm telling you, when I first started in this industry, I was fortunate that I got the opportunity to work for NBC Sports, to work for Roto World, just like Brewski. That's how we met. We were part of the same team. All right, if you don't know that, now you know. Two miserable Mets fans consummating a friendship over a shared love of fantasy basketball. It's really a romance story waiting to be cast on a big screen. And I got to tell you, the level of commitment I see from the people on this team, the desire to want to move forward in all of the correct ways, the understanding that sports content is not just clickbait, that there is a real desire to have smarter analysis in the sphere again. We became so obsessed with our metrics of clicks, of this pay-per-click mentality, where it didn't matter what was in the article because nobody was going to read it anyway. I refuse to be part of a generation that inspires a generation after me to be dumber. It is our job, it is our responsibility, our privilege to hold us to a higher standard than that. There are already so many things in this world that makes things so much easier, that simplifies life. Those things are tools, but we don't want to dumb people down in the process. We still want to stimulate original thought and critical thinking. So please, it's not just about the clicks. It's about the content, the quality, the intelligence, the ability to discuss things, real conversational points. That's what I try to do on the show, and I hope that you guys hear that. I hope that you stick with me through that. I hope that you understand that. I hope that comes through so clearly. But I always take feedback, of course. As it relates to the Lakers, and don't mind me as I sit here and mess with my allergies, man. It's freezing outside now. Based in Los Angeles, so I know those who are listening, you know, in other parts of the world. Shout out to Massachusetts. I know there's a special audience there. I know cold here doesn't mean anything to you. But it's true. Wherever you live, you wind up adapting to that weather. So I've been back here for quite some time now, and the reality is the, what the reality is. All right? But look, the Lakers have an opportunity to finally earn some momentum. Lakers have an opportunity to finally align some idea of what people thought about this team prior to the season to what we've seen so far from it. Lakers finally have an opportunity to uh, enjoy some level of of cohesion in terms of success. But in the face of all of that, they are now challenged by this additional COVID dilemma. And who knows? Who knows how it evolves over the next series of days? Who knows how it evolves for the whole league over the next week or so? We really don't know. And that's the reality. That is the weirdest, strangest reality of all of this. And I know there are so many of us who want to pretend that this shit is over and done with. But it's just not yet. And it sucks. And I hate it too. And I wish anything more that, you know, we can move past it. But, you know, it's on all of us to try to do our best, whatever that looks like for you, to be able to live in a world without it. Or at least where we have it under control. Whew. I know that was a quick diatribe, but sometimes it's necessary. All right. And just from me to you guys, as we enter the holiday season, it's a weird time for people, man. It's a strange time for people because there are different expectations. There are different familial connections. There are different relationships with the holidays. There are people who are surrounded by people who wish, you know, they wish they weren't there. There are people who spend these days by themselves who wish they were surrounded by literally anyone. And it's such a conflict for so many based on how they grew up, what their experiences were, all of these things. Something I'm trying to do better in my own personal life is really try to understand the context of people. And generally, I feel like I could do a really good job of that. But I really what I really want to focus on more is making things more important to me. Because it is more important to the other person. And so if that means that you got to go to that family event because you don't give a shit about it. But your grandmother, your grandparents going to be there or your parents going to be there and it means something to them. Try to show up for the people who show up for you. I guess that's really the message here. And I know family is not always defined by blood, both for good and for bad. But just try to show up for the people who show up for you, who have invested in you. I was talking with somebody today as we get ready for winter break on the school side of things. And I said, part of the issue with the generation that's upcoming, part of it, and I know I sound like an old man. But part of the issue is that the most intimate relationship that they cultivate from a young age is with technology and their phones, their devices. So there's a real lack of empathy in terms of how their actions impact other people at times. And we've already seen that manifest in a myriad of ways. So personally, I'm very curious how that continues to evolve because I think it's important to teach people to be selfish for the right reasons as someone who I think is overly selfless at times. But I also think it's important for people to be understanding and when and where to be selfless too. It can be a balance. It should be a balance. That's the reality. Anyway, we're getting way off topic here, but that's okay. That's what a good podcast does sometimes. Sometimes a good podcast really takes a talking point and it becomes about something so different. And that's what is engaging about the conversation. That's what keeps it interesting. I don't necessarily love to do shows in which, you know, we sit here and we just analyze the box score and say, OK, he played well. He didn't. We'll see what it is next time for this guy. Like, I, I mean, that's important. Don't get me wrong. It's important to be reflective. We can all analyze that between watching the game, reading the box score, looking at the statistics. We can all cultivate opinion from all of that. So now the Lakers move forward with Isaiah Thomas at the point guard position, ladies and gentlemen. Isaiah Thomas. I'm curious to see what the Lakers starting lineup will look like, right? Does LeBron move over to the point? LeBron moves over to the point. Maybe Melo slides into the starting lineup. Or does Isaiah Thomas go right in with the first five? Who knows? It's going to be weird. I don't think you can play Isaiah Thomas and Malik Monk at the same time. Not unless, not unless you have a, a LeBron, I guess. But Isaiah Thomas is going to be a mismatch defensively no matter what. Just his size. It's the reality of players that size. So I guess we'll see how it manifests. I mean, look. Isaiah Thomas has had one of the most interesting career arcs that we've seen in recent NBA history. And I really use the word interesting because I don't know what other word to use. It's hard to describe how someone goes from being a pseudo-MVP candidate to a guy who can't stay in the league so fast, so furious. That hip injury really screwed him. The untimely death of his sister, that whole playoff push... God, that that defined IT's career for better and and more recently for worse. But he committed to signing a G League contract. He played one game, scored 42 points, nearly triple-doubled, and here he is back with the Lakers. I mean, I would, I just I'm so curious to see it. And if he plays well and he impresses, what do Lakers do? They keep him around? Because if they do, that means they gotta wave somebody goodbye. It's not impossible, but it's improbable. I I'm very curious to see how that transpires. (laughs) Beyond that, from the Lakers and the Big Three, what I really need to see is a little bit more consistency from the guys on the bench. So there have been games in which Melo's been great, but I need to see it more consistently. Austin Reeves, since he's come back from his injury, he seems to be gaining more confidence, more health with each passing day. I think that's a guy the Lakers should be able to count on for consistency. But the Lakers need more consistency from their bench. Malik Monk 27-1 game, 6 the next, you know, a little bit more balance, 15 each game would be appreciated. Curious to see if the Lakers give their young guys any run right now, especially with all the, with all of the issues inside. I don't think Dwight Howard being unavailable is an excuse to play DeAndre Jordan. I think DeAndre Jordan's roster spot is going to be eventually occupied by somebody else on this team as early as Isaiah Thomas, and we shall see how it transpires for these Lakers as they move forward, because the schedule is going to come fast and furious. Between now and a week from now, Lakers play four times. All right, they're going to end 2021 in a bang, and they need to wind up at least five or six games above above 500 if the Lakers are going to have anywhere close to the season that they expected to when it all began all right guys hey quick before we sign off we want to also remind you to use the coupon code hoopball20 at manscaped.com that's right manscaped is back baby you know they keep me fresh and ready to go always and forever so for 20 percent off your order and free shipping hoopball20 at manscaped.com also, check out our pals at MyBookie.ag. Use the code the code Hoopball on the third page of the sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. So whether it's MyBookie.ag, whether it's like we were talking about earlier with the ThriveFantasy.com, we're just giving out matching bonuses everywhere. Plus, we keep your pubes ready to go, and we make sure that it's all trimmed for your lady friend, your partner, whatever you prefer down there, all right? So when it's all said and done, we hope hope this holiday season embraces you well. JC will be back with you guys in short order as well to talk about Isaiah Thomas' debut in the state of the Lakers. We'll get back on a schedule together now that I got a little bit of time off from school winter break, and we look forward to bringing the heat right back into your living room, guys. Just in time for the holidays on the Ethos Lakers show. Follow me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff, and until next time, I'm out.